0: ah uh-huh, Matthew, how are you? I am not too bad. How are you? Yeah, great. Amazing. Uh, I had this whole um, idea panned out that I was going to introduce myself as some smooth-talking radio presenter, but I realised that... You're a smooth-talking I,
1: podcaster instead.
0: Well, I wouldn't say I was particularly smooth-talking. I don't have a rich, golden voice. But what I have done is I've mixed some words around, so... um Join means enjoy, and hour means eating, and social means horror, and medias means sandwiches. So when I say enjoy eating horror sandwiches, what I really mean is, join our social medias. Which are what? What are they?
1: I think there is a Facebook group, there's Instagram, there's Letterboxd. There is. Wherever the social media,
0: that's where you'll find us. Yeah, and... um Yeah, so that's it. So we're going to be using our words in this particular podcast and hopefully you don't go insane. Welcome to Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast and the world's premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What's in your delicious horror sandwiches? Well, let me tell you. We have a little movie filling, a delicious movie filling, surrounded by chatty, chatty goodness. Um, I'm Mark, I've got my own name there, and always um, I'm joined by Matthew. Bonjour. Bonjour. Ah, oh, bonjour! Oh, lovely, a little French intro. That was a terrible intro, that from me. I sort of forgot my own name at one point. I remembered all the stuff that I would never say in real life, but my name went out of my head, and then and then yours did as well. So, um, oh, words. Even though
1: I would say that we're equally unforgettable.
0: Yeah, very much so, very much so. But perhaps there's some irony in forgetting words this week. Um, maybe we'll get to that. Oh,
1: good save big fan of that. Yeah.
0: Um so a uh, little bit of preamble L- last week I told you that I watched Dracula and it was a bad movie. Um oh, I thought it was bad. But I I continued to take myself down the universal monsters route and um they really are very hit and miss movies. Um I, I sort of So which
1: which ones have you watched?
0: So so far I've watched Frankenstein which I thought was brilliant. And The Mummy, which um, was fine. Uh, and I've got Invisible Man queued up, ready to go. Because um, many, many moons ago, I, I bought a Blu-ray box set of all the Universal Monster films, but never bothered to watch it. But obviously, since we started doing this, I've been trying to improve my horror, I don't know, knowledge or whatever. So, you want to um, become
1: a student of the genre.
0: Yes, there you go. That's Well, that sounds good. So yeah, I've been watching those and I don't like, to a degree, I'm like, well, these films were made in the 30s, so should I be, should I be more generous with what what I've done? But it's hard because like Frankenstein was really great, like really well acted and uh, the story moved at a reasonable pace, whereas like The Mummy starts great and then it's got this sort of, well, I think so far they're all like this, they start great and then they've got a sort of long drag in the middle until it gets to the climax and then they're not so bad again so
1: um, i always kind of think with old films you you have to work out what you can and can't hold against it mm. yeah and it's like cuz you know if you think about like what literature has been uh, has been around for the same time storytelling there's no excuse for not being able to tell a story you know books theater and all of telling a story in performance and that, you know, it's been around such a long time before film. So, you know, you should be able to have a good story still, even if you are going back,
0: mm. God
1: knows how long for, for a film, but at the same time, performance has evolved. So I think, you know, like, what was considered a, a you know, good performance in the thirties is very different from what we'd consider now. Cause you know, we're more naturalistic now, And, you know, obviously visual effects and set design and filming on location stuff. That's all stuff that you kind of have to put into perspective. So it's like the trick is to work out what you, you know, what you can and can't hold against these films
0: yeah it's 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 a tricky and fine line to go down right and i know what you're saying for example in dracula the bats are obviously rubber bats they look terrible but i'm not i'm not watching i'm not watching the rubber bats going oh this is terrible because you know i do realize it's the 30s but the fact of the matter is at some points in that van helsing doesn't know what accent he's doing and it sort of leaks into scottish uh, even though it's supposed to be like I think, sort of Austrian. Ah, the, yeah,
1: the famous Van Helsing from from around
0: Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it's me, Van Helsing. But yeah, anyway. So, but I'm still. It hasn't. I'm not. I'm not perturbed because I enjoyed um, Frankenstein, and I understand the Bride of Frankenstein is even better. So I'm looking forward to watching that, and I'm gonna work through it and see where we end up. But yeah, um, that's this week's uh, what I what. What the hell is Mark doing? And that's what I'm doing. Um, well, the other thing that I wanted to touch about is that we, we
1: spoke about Dogtooth, didn't we, last week?
0: We did, yeah. yeah. And
1: you've watched it since. Yeah. Um, so are you saying, is, is Dogtooth a horror film?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It it it, it's, it it leaves you uncomfortable enough to go uh, to put it down as a horror film. Horror film. Um, I also
1: think, as well, if you found yourself. I, suppose, I don't know. If you did find yourself in that situation, you wouldn't re- really realise it was terrifying, would you? But look, as an outsider, yeah. knowing that situation, it's it would be a pretty awful one to be in.
0: I'd be really interested to cover that here, actually, on the podcast, because I think um, there's a whole lot to say about it, without, and, and then almost... It's it's a bit of a tricky one, but the only the only thing that I did really make me laugh about this was how it links into today's uh, episode slightly. Um, oh yes, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's ironic. I, I presume he didn't know that, so um, no, I had no idea. Yeah, so that I thought that was quite fun, but yeah, that was a that was a really really great movie. I think uh, if something elicits emotion and makes you. I think I often find that if I have to go find another podcast about that about that film, then <laughs> it means something to me because I, I like someone else is going to have to help me unpack this, um, and I often find good podcasts that way because you know you know you, you never know who's covered what, um. So yeah, lovely. Well,
1: smash him. Well, I'm, I'm glad you validated me then.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I'm going to continue down that director's um. Uh, movies I'm going to watch tomorrow because I found the, the deer one on Netflix. I forgot what it's called. Sorry, uh,
1: Killing of a Sacred Deer.
0: There you go. It's on Netflix, so I've got that queued up ready to go.
1: Yeah, I would say make sure you leave yourself a little bit of time between each one because I, I don't know what it's going to do to you as a person otherwise.
0: <laughs> well, that's all right. I think, um, oh, well, I might as well tell people what I'm doing. The next thing I'm watching is The Night of the Hunter. That's my next, um, I've got queued up <laughs> Very nice That's, that's tomorrow's movie, I've managed to watch it one Every day in March Anyway let's let's get on it's, um, The preamble is becoming Just ambling um, So this week We're going to carry on with our, our first Slice of bread, we're going to carry on Creating movie nights for people But this week we're going to try and do Something a bit scarier rather than Offering something fun So last week's was tricky this week's was even trickier for me um because again it's it's the same as we said last time it's like where do you draw the line and you know what's acceptable for people to to watch so um i ended up not following a theme a theme this time but um obviously i have my reasons for my answers but uh yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to go first, or if you've got anything to you, you want to say well, about the sweet one?
1: I I did follow a theme. Oh, lovely! <laughs> uh, and the theme is the films that people must be sick and tired of Matthew banging on about by now. <laughs> uh, so obviously, obviously, I'm saying Hereditary.
0: Right now, because would you actually say Hereditary is good for somebody starting off with these things?
1: Well, I was going to this third on the list, but I thought that in terms of uh, the segue to, to actually speak about it, it was too, too good to miss. Okay. So <laughs> my, my thinking was for these films is that I don't, didn't want a, a horror film that was, you know, that, that cerebral horror, you know, the horror is a vehicle for grief sort of thing. Horror is a vehicle mm-hmm. for, you know, for, for various negative emotions that, "Quote unquote elevated horror stuff," because you know, although that can be very scary at times, it's you you know, I I would find that to be a bit much for someone that's kind of new to the genre. Mm -hmm. And while there is a little bit of that stuff in Hereditary, I, I think that it still does that very basic, just shit you up without really needing any deep underlying message in it. Mm, yeah. The third act especially, you know, with Tony Collette chasing uh, the, the kid around the house. Like, absolutely terrifying Like seeing that. Mm-hmm. So I do think it still gives you those proper scares that's going to, you know, if you, you are looking for scares, it's it's going to deliver and you're going to know whether you like it or not after that. And by it, I just mean, you know, that whole being scared
0: in a safe environment sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think you might get people going home after movie one. (laughs) I
1: am going to program it last, I think.
0: All right, okay, sorry.
1: So, uh, yeah, the first one then I'm going to go through is another one that uh, I've banged on about quite a bit. and It's my, my very first episode of the pod. So I'm I'm saying ghost stories is one.
0: Because
1: again, you know it's there's you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of there is a lot of deep stuff in it, but at the same time, it is again just one of those literal ghost stories that doesn't really need an explanation. It doesn't require uh, the added depth that it has. It just it just scares you and it does a really good job of it. And then for the second film in the programming, I actually passed this one over to, to my other half. Wow. And I said I asked her what was the scariest film she's ever seen. Uh, She also said Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, for, I mean, for the scariest film I've ever seen, I'd said St. for this because I think the the one bit right at the end of that film is like, the single most concentrated scare I think I've ever, ever experienced in a film. Yeah, But it doesn't really, like, last throughout the whole thing, does it? You know, that's a perfect example of that. Uh, horror as a vehicle for, you know, mental illness in this case, isn't it? And, mm-hmm. you know, depression, isolation stuff. So she eventually settled on The Conjuring. Yeah. For, for her choice. I think it's a solid choice again, isn't it? That,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, supernatural ghost story, possession story that just gives you gives you some good old-fashioned spooks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely... Um... It's not too gory either, I think. In fact, I don't think... I think it's almost goreless. Um...
1: Yeah, I would say, again, ghost stories is the same for the most part, isn't it? And... Yeah,
0: yeah. The good thing about ghost stories, I was—I meant to say—because I wanted to try and include one of these in in my own one, I didn't manage to do. Was it's obviously an anthology movie as well, which is which is good for you know start people are starting out because even though each one of those is a ghost story, obviously they are very largely different, um, you know stories, <laughs> as it were. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, so yeah, it's certainly it's certainly good for a beginner. Yeah, yeah. Did you say that was your first one?
1: So if I was going to program them, uh, yeah, for, for showing these to people, I'd I'd start with ghost stories, then I'd put the conjuring, and then I'd go for hereditary.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I think that I think that works lovely. I think you 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 you're, uh, you're settling people in nicely there because ghost stories, I don't think, would leave people too shocked. There'd be a lot of thinking, as I recall, when we watched that, there was a lot of thinking. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the way that it, it's put together with Ghost Stories, you, you're not you're so much thinking of like the themes of it. You're know, thinking, oh, you know, you, you do get quite a lot of the sadness of the ending,
0: mm-hmm. but yeah. you're
1: kind of walking away going, oh, do you remember that little bit in the first one? That was yeah, yeah this yeah. bit at the end. And you, you're kind of putting the puzzle together rather than, you know, walking away from like, I don't know, the Babaduck being like, Oh God, how how depressing was that? You know, what I mean? <laughs> so I think it, it kind of leaves you, you know, on, on a bit more of a an upbeat way of taking the film and, and discussing it than it. Yeah, you know, they probably should do because it is a
0: really depressing ending, isn't it? It is quite depressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, yeah, that's really good. I I, I I like the way that that work that works out. You know, start with anthology, then I guess the conjuring's quite Hollywood as far well as scary movies go, and then obviously you're going to break people with hereditary. Um Yeah, yeah. and it,
1: it kind of it follows a sort of theme, doesn't it? Moving from yeah, 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 sort yeah. of gorse into gorse with the the religious aspect going straight into crown prince of hell possessing people.
0: So yeah. There's a little inadvertent flaw there. Slightly but uh no that works lovely yeah. Um so I might as well dip into mine then. So I'm going down my own personal journey again uh, like you sort of did last week. Um so I'm starting my night off with poltergeist. Um to to me obviously it's a very scary film. But again like I said with um the conjuring, it's quite Hollywood, you know, and it's got a little sprinkle of Steven Spielberg magic to it. Um, it's scary to me, it's scary. Um, there's not a whole lot of I would say gore in there, as I recall, somebody does tear their own face off. Um, but uh, it's sort of they sort of take away from it because he doesn't actually do it. If you know what I mean, it's like um, Yeah, yeah. It's hinted at. So it kind of works. It, you you get to see him tear his face off, but it doesn't actually tear his face off. <laughs> um but, his face there. Yeah. And obviously it's um, you know, a horror classic, something to get started with. I think it's exciting, it's nerve-wracking. Um and there you go. Uh um, yeah. solid first start. So now I am going to go more modern, um, and go for It Follows, um, which, believe it or not, is not one of my, one of my best favourite films, um, but I do think it's got a really creepy vibe, it's modern, as in it gives you a different look at, um, you know horror movies, and especially this one, which is more like it's like a sexually transmitted horror horror. Thing. Well, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no thinking about it in this movie. It slaps you right in the face with exactly what it is. Um, but there's some good jump scares in it. I, th- I, I think there's a at one point a particularly tall man comes out of the shadows. It's very very. Um, uh, it's a good. It's a good jump scare. Um, and it plays with that. I love it plays that with that idea that, um, you know, you've always got to be on the run sort of thing. It's, um, you know, like that. <laughs> What's the thing about having a snail pursue? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think
1: the other good thing about just that aspect of the film as well is even if you do, you do get rid of, you know, the, uh, the thing that follows, you can never be completely sure that it's gone for good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing: if it, if the,
1: if it takes out the person you pass it on to, then it comes back to you, doesn't it?
0: It does. Yeah. It's
1: kind of like how many, how many links in the chain are
0: there before you you're toast again? You know. It's a really interesting concept, and it leaves in the end. It leaves you very uh, sort of hmm. With a bit of a hmm, um, I, it's a relatively upbeat upbeat ending. Relatively,
1: <laughs> I also think with it as well is it it's the most A twenty four film that's not made by A twenty four.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, I still find it staggering that they didn't put that out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my final movie will be Alien. Um, so I was thinking about. Um, You know, what is a scary movie and, you know, what works for beginners. Obviously, Alien introduces new fans to a horror icon in the Xenomorph. Um, I was thinking a lot about what we said when we did that episode, whereas even though it's set on a spaceship, everyone in it is incredibly relatable. You've got probably one of the better final girls. And ultimately, it's a very scary it's slasher-esque, really, isn't it? It's a slasher-esque movie. Yeah. Um but it's just beautifully shot, well acted, scary as hell. Um and not only that, you know, you're a beginner, it does at least end on an upbeat. Um, or upbeat-ish, at least. No, I think it's pretty upbeat, in it. She gets rid of it and the cat survives. Yeah, it's it's
1: kind of what you 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 hope for in a horror film, because
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're never going to get a film where all the people you like survive, are you? So, it's... well, in in most cases, it's just the final girl, isn't it? That's what that's why yeah. it's called that. It's less of a trope these days. Um, often, I think you find these days not a lot of people actually do get killed. But yeah, that would be my um, scary movies uh, for beginners. Now, I must admit, I could carry on doing this with uh, with slasher movies and. I think we might revisit it one day with um, we'll maybe instead of just for beginners, we'll knock out some other movie nights. Cause I think it's been a good slice of bread. Um, I I think
1: it's uh, we've not done any, any top fives for a while, have we? So I think this can be a, this this might, could be a replacement.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's a a good one. It saves us having to commit to any um, actual favorites as well, doesn't it? But yeah, I have really I've really enjoyed doing this slice of bread and I really would I'd love to come back to it with um with slasher movies because um if you'll allow me to um because initially my first thought when we did this was Friday the thirteenth. I thought Friday the thirteenth has got to be included somewhere along here because it's got it all as far as slasher tropes are concerned. Um but ultimately I think I started thinking about actual what a movie night would be and what fits in. And I don't, I don't know how many slashes you could put together. Well, I know I do know that. Um, <laughs> so well, I think we should definitely get back to this someday. Um, and then sounds like you agree. I, yeah, I'm happy to,
1: to go through. So I think what I would, because there are a couple of films that I, uh, that I saw when I was looking for this, uh, just looking for some ideas. Uh of films that flew under the radar a bit, yeah. So I think once we've we've got our our film nights programmed and we've got you know the, these per, uh, proverbial newbies a little bit more involved, I think we should do a, a program for under the radar films that they might not find in the most conventional places.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a brilliant idea. In fact, for those of you that are listening, if you want to drop us messages or put something on the Facebook or whatever about themes you'd like to see us do movie nights for well, think you know it give it always helps us to find a slice of bread <laughs> um, yeah
1: we're, we're like big horror pigeons always looking for bread
0: always looking for bread very odd so this let's get into the the what is it the um the filling now I just want to quickly before I hand it over to you, um mentioned Tony, who was second in our quiz that we did, whenever that was. He got second place, which meant that he got to choose a film for us to cover. He didn't want to come on the, the podcast and talk about it, which was fine. So, but obviously, you know, congratulations on, on your win. And here we are talking about Ponty Pool.
1: Yep. And of course, as well, the, the offer is still there. If you do want to come and talk about something else. We're always happy to have guests.
0: Yeah, anybody, anybody.
1: We like hearing from you all. Yes, we love you.
0: Hmm.
1: But yes, if you do have any interest in coming on, if you've, because yeah, we've not actually put the offer out on the pod, have we, for, for quite a while? Because we've been, we've been satiated for for topics and whatnot. Hmm. But yeah, if anyone does want to to join, if if you've been on before. More the merrier. Come back. We're happy to have you back. Just drop us a message in the Facebook group. You know, we'd love to have you. And absolutely, we would. Absolutely. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of questions that we can talk to you about. And
0: yeah, we'd love to have you. We would. We would. So you've got all the stuff. I've got the stuff. Go for it then. So
1: yeah, we are talking about Pontypool. I actually saw that the. Listed as both 2008 and 2009, so it's it's one of those. That's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we've got a director. We have Bruce McDonald, and the writer was Tony Burgess, who is actually adapting his own novel, mm. which is called Pontypool Changes Everything. Right, uh, which I did see written. It's a second book in a trilogy. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see how that works because. You know this film did open in th- seemingly just quite normal circumstances, but
0: well, I do have some more information for that from from that um in terms of sequels from this movie and how it was related but um apparently the book's a nightmare to read um cause it's very heavy it's got heavy metaphors and a lot of what's in this movie isn't in that book, so um it's quite interesting. Because I think okay. it might be it. I think if I'm right, it's fur, this movie's further adapted from a radio play. Um, right.
1: Okay. Well, that, that's something I'm I'm going to talk about in a bit then. All right. Okay. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll we'll discuss that. I reckon. Okay. Uh, for our cast, then we have Stephen McHattie as Grant Mazze, Lisa Hule as Sydney Brier, uh, Georgina Riley as Laurel and Drummond, uh, Hrant, Al sorry, I, there was a big gap there. As uh, Doctor Mendez and Rick Roberts as Ken Lawney. it's just a voice for him. Mm. Uh, for the budget, I have here one point five million, and unfortunately, the box office is only down as thirty two thousand. So, all uh,
0: right right, hmm. yeah, I think it went to Netflix at first. Um, so, you know, well, like we said, that's no, that's no measure of quality, is it? It isn't, no, no, certainly not, uh, because uh,
1: also you would think that for a film that uh, that only costs one point five million, finding a distributor would be would be pretty tricky in a lot of cases.
0: Yes, perhaps, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so, in terms of the uh, the plot, though, it is very simple. Uh, mm. uh, it's uh, about a radio announcer, uh, who is our our friend Grant, uh, and his uh, producer and sort of studio lackey, I would say. And they find themselves inside a, a talk radio station while a mysterious infection breaks out in the world around them. And then so we find out that the infection is caused by language, words. Mm. So, so this this was your first viewing, right? It was, yeah. And you know what? It started off on a very good and very bad footing for me.
0: Right, okay. if you
1: remember that beginning bit, it's got the sort of that blue line, hasn't it, with the the frequency mm. you know, going up and down as we were talking. And I feel really bad, but the only thing I could think about throughout that whole scene was just that bit in The Simpsons with the treehouse of horror. <laughs> it's just, all I could hear was Homer Simpson. she got this is my voice <laughs> on TV. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I would say, did it put me in the, the probably the right frame of mind for the rest of it after seeing that?
0: Yeah, you... <laughs> You might be interested to know that initially the, they had the concept that the whole movie would be just that that you'd be almost just watching a radio show except that obviously you could see the line and stuff so but yeah i mean they must they must have dumped that pretty quickly that would be terrible wouldn't it it would yeah it would, it would but at
1: the same time i do think it is something that i would i would be interested in listening to a to a radio play like this
0: yeah yeah I didn't realize until today that it was a radio play otherwise I would have tried to uh get it listened to Well, um, the thing
1: that I did think with with a lot of the film is I thought it would be really interesting as a stage play mm, very much it's, so yeah it's all pretty much one location isn't it you know it's mm-hmm. various rooms inside inside this you know radio station yeah and I I think it'd be really good for that you know quite easy to uh to stage it and block it and Saying so a massive cast of characters, there's only really four people that we we properly see.
0: Yeah, yeah, it would. No, you you're right. It would, and um, to a, to a degree, as far as the zombie apocalypse as you were, that's going on. You don't really, well, you do see it sort of, but it's not really a part of <laughs> much of a part of this sort of thing. If no, you, I mean yeah.
1: you, you kind of get. Sort of, but hands banging on doors, don't you? Mm. And then, uh, sort of the, the the brief moment where you get, you know, a dozen or so of the uh, zombies sort of surrounding the the radio booth. And
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Again, you know, if you're doing that as a stage show, you would be quite easy to do it as. You know, just stage hands tend to do that sort of thing, don't they? When they, you know.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah
1: the thing so you know what let's i mean i'm not going to campaign to anyone but if if anyone's listened to this who works in the (laughs) theater run with this idea it'll work for you
0: yeah (laughs) get it made get it made today yeah and uh, and and now you probably know why i was giving you this um giving you the final slice of bread today as well yeah (laughs) well some sizzle there you've got (laughs) a bit of sizzle so um this was my second time watching it and uh, I, well, I watched it based initially on the fact that Tony wanted to do this movie and uh, it was a while ago that he suggested it, but I, you know what I'm like, if I get something in my brain, it has to be done immediately. So obviously I, I watched it and um, the one thing that I remembered specifically, and I love this time is that Grant Mazy is just um, sort of why well, it's kind of unlikable, but he's got such a wonderful voice, like, like, to me it's like gold like pouring liquid gold into my ears which would probably be quite painful actually yeah i mean
1: he's got the voice of a radio dj certainly
0: yeah. hasn't he but the way that he cuz really the narrative of the story comes through him and yeah it's just it's just told in such a way um now I, I really like really like him as a character but i kind of like the whole the whole way it works out i think um as just the three of them in the room there's there's oh, i don't know if this is the right word but like a dichotomy is that right <laughs> uh i guess it would be a,
1: a trichotomy
0: all right yeah but between them there's the, the yeah the, as a trio it's it just works as you can tell that he's full of himself and that the producer's kind of sick of his shit already and then the other one is obviously just getting into radio and she you know, she wants to do a good job, but she's also kind of awed by him. And it just works as like, uh, you put into this situation and you don't feel like you have to have long character, you know, like, Oh, this is what this is about. This is what it just sort of throws you in and you're in and you're fine. Um, yeah. You kind of understand the the workplace dynamic. I think that's what I meant to say. They've got a good dynamic. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I, I, I do think, unfortunately, I, I didn't really get much out of the cast, right? Uh, the I, I didn't really buy. I know that uh, you know, like we say that Stephen McCarty has this, this amazing voice as a radio DJ, and mm. he, he definitely does. But the radio show just sounded complete crap. <laughs> you know, it, there's I, I can't imagine people listening to the nonce, Well, then again, you know. Actual radio DJs spew out worse than that, don't they? And they get listeners. So, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. No, I, I I do agree with you though. I do agree. Watching it this time, I did think the same thing that it was a crap radio show. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think with the cast as well. I don't,
1: I don't know. I just don't want to sound like too harsh, but I think a lot of the stuff that I didn't like about the film, I would really put down mostly to the budget right uh, because you know you, you can tell that that it is you know limited with uh with its money because you know it, it's it's that one location thing which helps the budget stretch i would say the direction in it is is very good mm. you know there's quite a lot of like swoops into focus and some nice movement and and i think it's it's kind of lit in a strange way as well which I don't. It's hard to to really quantify it. It kind of feels quite dark and flat, but in a quite lively way. It's it's weird how they've they've done it. I can't really put my finger on why, but I did think that it, you know, the direction and the way that it was it was framed set up was was quite nice. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think that uh, that that casting thing. I think maybe. You know, if you get one of the characters maybe as a, a different actor, just to spice it up with with the rest of them. Yeah, Well, uh, um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm certainly not going to pick any of them out single. You know, no, you uh, for it.
0: I mean, I'm not. I don't. I, I don't want to go too far into the film, but there are there are moments with this cast that it does it it it, it changes for me that they go from being something I can't stop watching to sort of, but let's get into that later when we get near the end of the film. Um, yes. Okay. So while we're in, we're in the first act still then. Yeah. I think
1: the, there is a very, very clear point of why the budget is, is hamstringing it in this. And it's, you know, they do that, you know, the buildup is all within this radio show and, and, we're sort of we're learning about the story through radio reports, what's coming in from callers, and you know, and all that, and what's being reported out to you know on, on the airwaves. And I was just kind of thinking that the the reports of it were more interesting than the following the story and the reactions of the main characters. Hmm. I agree.
0: I um, agree. Know, I I think Ken Loney the the. <laughs> The helicopter man. Every time he comes in, that's where the story always moves along, and is for f- one of them. Uh, that's where it starts getting a bit tense.
1: Yeah, and and it's you know it's an incredibly difficult thing to balance. You know because you're mm. trying to explain these incredible happenings, but you can't show them, and the only way that you can sell them is is the performers, you know, they've got to suck you in to be like, to show you the fear that they have to make you want to stick with them. Yes. And that's sort of what I was saying about the cast is that they didn't really make me do that. You know, I wasn't, I wanted to see what they were talking about rather than see them talking about it.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I think originally there was going to be a sequel to this, which was going to be, I don't know if that's happening now, but the sequel was going to be, the opposite end of this of the same film so you were going to see all what was happening out in the street so um like would again? sort of interesting i mean i like this as a concept i i think i always have enjoyed as far as zombie movies go the build-up to it rather than the actual zombies so i like that and obviously i like with this that well we said before that it's spread in such an odd way. Yeah. And that was also
1: something that I, I kind of I, I struggled with I, because again, it's that, that balance thing. So we spoke about in the possessor episode, didn't we, that if you're going to introduce a dynamic, you either have to be airtight with how it works or just don't bother explaining it and let us yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of put our own rules in place. Yeah, I think this falls into that pit where it's kind of it gives us some stuff. It's like, oh no, it's not the words that are the problem. So basically, words, certain words cause people to become these zombies, don't they? Mm. But it's like it's not the the words that cause the issue. It's the the brain understanding them and reasoning with them, and then they start speaking in in French, and they're like, oh, but that that doesn't bother. But at the same time, you're thinking, well, the brain's understanding them the same way in French. Mm-hmm. The brain's understanding them the same way if they're written down. So then it mm-hmm. must be the hearing them that's doing it. And it's like, I think it just leaves too many gaps and in questions into how this mechanic works.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know, for me, to a degree, that is the horror of it, though, because, um, you know, language as a concept is easy for us. To, I mean, we're doing it now; it's easy for us to understand. And when you take take that away, um, it, it it is to me that's like I don't know. Very, you are left in a situation where you don't know anything, um, and I and I think that, man, maybe the movie does do does do a job of sort of explaining itself. I don't really know. It's hard to say. Um, because then I don't think they ever really get to the crux of it. Um, no, I mean
1: in I to, to skip to the end of it, which is
0: yeah, yeah. Well, just to
1: you know add your spoiler alerts ages ago, as we should have done, as we always should do, never do.
0: It's always full spoilers.
1: Yeah, they always the the solution for it is to just kind of disassociate words from the meanings, isn't it? And mm. which again I found quite weak because. I mean what <laughs> how do you disassociate something? You you just Yeah, yeah. You, you can't, can you? But it, they also just spoke a lot of nonsense. And it's yeah. like And it I mean, I don't know if for, for you did it give you a, a definitive ending for No,
0: no. This worked
1: because um, I I didn't get one.
0: No. Uh, I, I, I well I'll say now what I was gonna say to you is that I love the first maybe first couple of acts but in the last act to me the the characters lose almost every everything um this and um the story feels like it loses its way and it's it it's hard it's sort of hard to understand where it's going with itself as well because I mean a you know language is, is what it is we all understand it so and as you said like it or not there's no real way to change the meaning of things um it can't really be done can it no (laughs) and and you certainly not in a brief brief period of time The, the hit on something at some point um where He's talking about how people keep repeating the same words, like the immune system's trying to fight it, which is interesting. But then they sort of just veer away from that. Um, so, I do you think, you know, from a story point of view, it really starts losing its way towards the end? Um, but... Do you think that might be a case of
1: that that they put the explanation in, so they need to to write. You know an ending that fits that.
0: I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I think, because um... really, what what they
1: they could have done was written a story shaming, you know, all of us native English speakers into being bilingual. Because <laughs> I mean that's something that the English speaking world is is terrible for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know that that we if if these this thing is transmitted by words in the English language. Well, you know, if you only speak one, you're, you're doomed. Yeah. Works for the rest of the world where they,
0: you know, and most people are bilingual. Yeah. Well, that would have been. We given characters who are bilingual as well, though, aren't we? So it doesn't.
1: Well, I think that's why Canada <laughs> is a good setting for this, isn't it? Because, again, well. More... So much of the country is is bilingual there.
0: Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Um... I didn't think. where you say that
1: you you know you enjoyed sort of the first two acts and and then it fell apart? I was a bit different in that. I tended to find sort of bits here and there that I really enjoyed and kind of uh, they were like islands because so I was I was kind of ambivalent to the the film as a whole, but found these little you know, bits and pieces, scenes, ideas, you know, things I thought were really strong that, that I really enjoyed. Mm. And one thing that I, you know, I did think this film felt really ahead of its time, uh, you know, in a modern setting, that it kind of felt that the, the premise of it is that uh, language is starting to take on an inherent danger. Uh, right. And it's you know, people taking in language and and it's their understanding of things that are being said, which is turning them into you know, either your violent, dangerous, mm. or, or mindless zombies. And, and again, you know, language has been weaponized and these things have been said about language for, you know, for hundreds of years. But this felt ahead of its time in that it was kind of like a, that the themes that have become more popular since, you know, uh, you know, the rise of social media, you know, things Mm, like Brexit and Trump, you know, these are hot topic issues. And this was kind of knocking something out, which was, I mean, not done in the same way. I think that, you know, if you were to make this film now, there'd be a lot more social media involved in it.
0: Right. But it's it's
1: dealing with those ideas that, that are so prevalent now. Mm. sort of you know five six years before that they were really a thing so i thought you know that was you know a massive check in its favor
0: yeah yeah no i actually um that's really really uh really interesting and actually right it does it does um yeah, it does doesn't it? it really talks a lot about social media but <laughs> like you without, say, without ever of, touching social without, media <laughs> yeah so ahead of its time um but yeah i think i feel like i'm i'm ragging on it a bit because I actually quite like like it to be to be honest um i think uh, it's fun that it's something different i love the idea that the zombie virus is spread in such a, a weird way um i think i, I would have probably rather they would have kept the sort of explanation or attempt to fix it out out of the um, out of the plot um but sort of to me up until dr mendex turns up mendez or whatever he's called turns up it's a really good film and then he sort of shows up and it starts going in a bit of an odd direction and um you don't really know what's going on and yeah, I think he was a,
1: a pretty terrible character Yeah, the eyes.
0: Yeah, because I'm actually, I'm like, I, 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 I just actually going back to what you said, I think for me, either they should have fully explained it or left it completely, you know, in the shadows for us to work out for ourselves. Yeah, you're, you're totally right with that, actually. It, with a half-truth, you're sort of going, eh?
1: Yeah, but- I mean, what they, you know, what they could have done was, you know, when when the doctor comes in, if you're going to do that, I think the problem that he has is that he comes into the the film and he he offers these explanations and he, he speaks about the experience that he's gathered and the stuff that he knows. When really, what he should be doing is is coming in because he's heard this place is safe. He's you know he's heard the broadcast, so he knows that they're they're okay. And he comes in and he's just like spews these wild theories around. Right, but so then we, we kind of get ideas as to how this stuff goes so that we know that it kind of works through language already. You know, it could throw just loads of stuff at the wall and it just leaves it for us to, to see mm-hmm. what sticks, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the other way they could have got
0: around that. I think, I think the only other thing with this though is that there is some suggestion that I've seen that actually, um, that Grant Mazzid. L- um, loses it a lot earlier in this film than, um, you know, we're led to believe, really. Because um, based on what we see as being the um, the post-credits, did you hang around for that? <laughs> I, I did, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it seems like something very strange has happened, and I don't know whether they're trying to show that language has changed so much that they're having a conversation that makes no sense um, with each other or whether you know because he ends he ends he ends the broadcast saying um like it's not the end of the world it's the end of the day and it's just such a weird way to end it um i must admit i'm not i'm not 100 don't know all the theories behind that but i think there is something about um as far as the movie goes he's Uh, it's weird though, isn't it? Because you don't, the zombie, the zombie thing is so open to interpretation in this about, about what's actually going on through people's heads. um, In terms of you get turned into this zombie and then what happens? It's very, very strange. It's not like they, it's not like they suddenly turned into mindless, whatever it is. And it seems like everybody has their own different trigger word. And it's very, picking at it too much now i think I, I, i'm gonna stop <laughs> well to be honest for,
1: for me there the, there's a spin-off film which i found out about when i was you know Ooh. knocking it up called dreamland and it, it sounds just really weird uh i've just read the letterbox synopsis of it It says that on the night of the strangest wedding in cinema history, a grotesque gang boss hires a stone cold killer to bring him the finger of a fading drug addicted jazz legend. So obviously that's nothing to do with the film that we've just watched. So my thinking was with that post credit scene
0: is, is does it relate to this thing? Uh, Maybe I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know how much we can talk about this now, really. I think, uh, unless you've got anything else you really want to say about it. I don't, I think I said most of what I wanted to.
1: I think that the less said about the Lawrence of Arabians, the better.
0: I think the writer was one of them. I think I I saw that, that the guy who wrote it was one of the Lawrence of Arabians. but that's actually one of the almost good parts of it. When they're talking to the little girl and she suddenly, you know, I think it's something like I've forgotten how this ends or, you know. Yeah. That's the bits I like in zombie movies, that sort of <laughs> you know, that initial sort of what the fuck is going on here? Um, yeah. I could have a whole movie of that me. And just, yeah, I mean, just end with a zombie apocalypse.
1: Yeah, it certainly was uh it was it was a strong bit. And the, the also the bit where she's she comes back later, which again raises its own questions, but I'm not gonna ask that now. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm more or less uh, spoken out on this one. Okay. So uh, we'll get on to our reviews then. So this is actually yeah, – the the box office was minimal, but it did get a strong critical reaction. Uh, it's got an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics, right. uh, 68% from the audiences, and then it's got a
0: letterbox score of 3.4. Okay, so, oh, that's so strong, good. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think we even had a Facebook comment this time. A couple. So what did Laura said? It's been so long since I watched this. I recall I enjoyed the concept of the radio zombie drama as unique. I wouldn't put it on the gen- genre of scary, but more realistic of what we probably would do during a zombie apocalypse. Wasn't happy about the ending, though. Um, which is kind of similar, I think, to my... Um, we must get Laura back on Laura came on and spoke about ICU I think um, but she's the big zombie head so we should definitely um, get one of those Romeros out and uh, talk to Laura Yeah, certainly mm. and Tony of course Tony the, who brought this to us uh, he said can't wait one of my favourite movies far from perfect but the good scenes are so good and the idea is creative. Good use of single location and tiny budget. Yeah, which kind of mirrors uh, yeah, I'd I think say a lot of what you said there, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty bang on, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So well, I suppose it's just down to us to review it then. Yeah, so I'm going to, uh, I'll,
1: I'll go first. It's So we, we have a, a three-tier system for, for all our new listeners. Uh, it ranges from shit down at the bottom. Uh, Through ooh, that spooky, and to creative psychopath, and I think the for me this the drawbacks of the film keep it out of the creative psychopath. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to blame anyone for that because, like I said earlier, I, I really do think that it's it's budgetary on this. I think if they'd have been able to get some more money together, you know, a few, probably a few, just like extra hands, really. Mm. rather than saying that, you know, people needed to to leave or or whatever or replace them. I think just, you know, uh, another pair of eyes look over the script, you know, uh, a couple of other people to help out here and there and and to work on this, then it could have, it could have got up to that bracket. But uh, for me, yeah, like I I said, there are some very, very good bits in this, but for the most part, I, I do think it just sort of plateaus and it, you kind of have to keep your focus to get to those good bits. So I'm I'm gonna say that it's new that spooky. Uh,
0: I think if I if it, if it was the first time I'd seen this and I walked away from it, I'd say it was a creative psychopath. Um, but on a second viewing, um, I sort of very much agree with with you and what uh, Tony said. Is that the, the good bits are really good. Uh, but the other bits are a bit sort of, it's just not, it's just not enough. And I'm with you to push it into creative psychopaths. So um, it's sort of one of those ones where I'd say, if you've got a chance to see it, you probably should. Um, But I can't give it the creative psychopath. So yeah, ooh, it's spooky. spooky. Lovely. So,
1: yeah, so well, we're in agreement then.
0: Yeah, we are. It's the new It's Spooky. Yeah. Oh, lovely. We haven't had a shit in a long time. Oh no, that's not, not true. That's not true. Scream was shit. Um, Says you. And I'm I'm sticking. <laughs> I'm sticking with that as well. Um, I'm sticking with it. Right. Where are we going now? What's happening? Final slice of bread. Yeah. So that we've already teased. Yeah, we already teased it. Well, I sort of said to you, let's pitch a movie. Based in a single location. Um, you obviously didn't know at the time why I said that. Um, no. Crap. Now you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so the final slice of bread is that. We're going to sort of pitch a movie in a single location. I must admit, mine's not very good. Um, well, I've but- got two, actually. Oh. So so hopefully Which? at
1: least one of them will will be all right.
0: Well, let's sandwich then. You do one, I'll do one, and you do one. Beautiful.
1: Okay, so the first one then is the one that I came I came up with myself. Ooh. We'll, we'll learn why I'm saying this in a bit. <laughs> so uh, I thought a really good uh, place for a single location is somewhere that has an area around it that, that can be explored, but they just can't get to it for whatever reason. So, you know, mm-hmm. your cabin in the woods sort of thing, you know, there needs a reason to block them in. Uh, we also want somewhere that's going to bring in a disparate bunch of characters because it would be boring if they're all you know all very similar, and somewhere that has reason to be to be scary. Right. So I think a nightclub would be a very good location for a horror film. Yeah, yeah, it would yeah. So they yeah. kind of done this with. From dust till dawn, but I think that the the whole strip club thing is is a little incidental in that film anyway. It doesn't really have any bearing that it's that it's a club. Uh, also, it would be a, a nightclub, dancy dancy nightclub, not strip club nightclub. Uh, but I just think you know you've got uh, bar staff who will likely be tired, bored, annoyed, and sober. Which is important, right? Door staff who would be most of those same things too, uh, but also can be acting as muscle. Uh, Your know, patrons that are good natured but pissed up. You could have a, a sleazy owner. You could have, you know, drug dealers in the toilet sort of thing. You know, you, you could get quite a, a variety of people within a nightclub. Yeah. And, and put, a few different situations you know you could do a, a haunting or you know a spooky thing you could do you're a killer in there because you know like they said there's places place to hide in a nightclub mm-hmm. there's it's dark most of the time but can be not dark and again i don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever you know you've ever been in a nightclub at closing time when they put the lights on it feels like a different place you know mm, yeah yeah again there's there's a lot of stuff that you can play with within that location.
0: Yeah, no, it's good. That's a good idea. Actually, I think a sort of serial killer or a slasher or something in a nightclub would work really well. Because yeah, it's I mean, loud, so you wouldn't hear anyone screaming. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's loads of scenes, isn't there, in nightclubs. Mm, but let's yeah. let's get the whole film in there. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Combine it with Roadhouse. Let's have Patrick Swayze yeah. kicking ghosts. Um... Oh, is he a ghost? He's been a he's the ghost. He's been a ghost.
1: Haunting yeah. our nightclub.
0: Yeah. Bouncing people, roadhousing people. Roadhouse. Uh, not that I watch Family Guy. Is it okay? Is it cool to watch Family Guy? I don't know. Yeah. Um, who cares? I like it. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, I've got this. What have I got? So I want to. I want to. I want to be in a toy shop. I like toys. I want to be in a toy shop, bigish but not huge. Uh, let's say maybe a couple of floors. And so there's a movie called Fallen with um, uh, Denzel Washington. <laughs> Very famous. Actually. Yeah, what? One of the most famous. Yeah, his name just popped out of my head. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Um, Anyway, that movie's about a demon that moves from people to people, um, which is fun. But I thought that if you had it in a toy shop and you had some sort of demon who could move from toy to toy, that'd be quite interesting. Um, Because there's all sorts of different sizes of toys and um, degrees of things that could be done. So there's, A, you could have some interesting kills, you know, like a spinning top or something could chop someone's head off you know what i mean that sort of thing um well i
1: think that's again like you know like we said with, with the nightclub is that toys being possessed and yeah but you know, they, they've that's been in scenes you know and, and there's we've already had sort of a taste of what that can look like haven't we so like yeah let's let's get to the source let's do the full thing
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe it could just be a ghost rather than the demon. I think initially I wanted, I I like the idea of a sort of thing, sort of thing um, where you don't know who can be trusted, but I think it would be interesting to have it constantly moving. Um, So so the people don't necessarily know even if they've, uh, if they've been possessed or whatever. So just have it keep constantly moving. I think that would be interesting. So not even, yeah, that'd be good. But I don't know. No, no, that's not that's not relevant to a toy shop. So yeah, let's have let's have lots of possessed toys killing lots of people.
1: Um, lots. And of again, people. I reckon I reckon a toy shop when you're closing up, I reckon that gets a bit spooky. Absolutely, gotta be in it. You know, um, none of us believe that our toys come to life once we, we leave the room anymore. But I know, bet you think about it when you're locking up a toy shop by yourself at eleven at night. Where... Why don't you be there in the 11 at night? Surely you'd close early, but
0: still. I think, <laughs> but you know what I mean. I think Smiths might be up until 10 and they might be sweeping, sweeping, yeah. sweeping. So, yeah, it could be. But all those dolls staring out at, out of behind cellophane packages. Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? Well, it's a la Chucky, really, isn't it? It's very, very much so. Uh,
1: yeah, definitely. They Yeah, they get spooky. It's very spooky.
0: Uh, So you've got one more that, what, you stole the idea from? Yeah.
1: So I I run these ideas uh, by by my other half just to make sure that I've not said something that I've missed something obvious and that she'd correct me on. And I I mentioned that we were doing this idea of a a single location. And she said a haunted house, but it's a new build house.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Because what what would that look like
1: in a horror film?
0: Well, it would be poltergeist. But that's that's a new that is a new build house, isn't it? Yeah, but the poltergeist, <laughs> it's like
1: it's not so much a haunted house, is it? Well it is, isn't it? <laughs> but there's there's a there's a difference in my head that I'm having really
0: No, no, I'm just taking tough the first. time
1: articulating it. But you know, something that a ghost that's not not buried on any, you know, built on haunted land or anything, just, just how could something so detached from any sort of history or problems or death or anything, just something completely blank, how does that get haunted? What does that look like? Yeah. Can a ghost you know attach itself to something neutral? I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that you could you could play with there. Yeah. Which there I mean is, they did yeah. in poltergeist, which you've already <laughs> put me in the spot for. But I didn't come up with this one, so that's fine. I yeah, can, uh, I can yeah. take it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's re- <laughs> no, you you are right, there's a concept there. Um I don't know, because even t- to be fair, even simply making a house look sinister and then moving along from there, it it, it works. Yes, it- you could also
1: kind of say that they've done this idea in uh, Vivarium as a you know, as a kind of similar thing to that, but not that wasn't so much haunted, but it was this, you know, completely. Blank new estate thing, isn't it? That just mm. traps people in, becomes like a maze, and
0: yeah, there's we a... have
1: our millennial existential horror from it.
0: There's a lot to it, there's definitely a lot to it. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I, I, don't, I don't, I suppose I don't have to come up with a story for it, but yeah, there's something there. I, I like just like it.
1: this idea that can evil just appear? Can it just become? sinister from nowhere you know
0: well you sort of have that in christine i mean certainly in the movie anyway it's um it's a brand new car come off the line it looks slightly different from the others and it just so happens to be you know
1: yeah yeah yeah, that's a a really really good idea
0: um so yeah there's nothing stopping it being you know an evil house um yeah there's certainly something there. Uh, I, I'm not sure you could ever really get away without having some sort of vague explanation, um, like the bricks being reused from some other place or something like that. But yeah, it's good that you really got me thinking. Got me little brain going. I, I wouldn't call this an ideas factory, but more like an ice cream
1: factory, a, like an ideas workshop. <laughs> <You> know, <we'll, laughs> Yeah. Just the uh, you know, like the uh, the the little fella in the shoe repair shop, just just banging his banging his nail into a shoe. We're basically did that with horror films.
0: <laughs> I think we're pretty good. I think we're pretty good and pretty great, and um, we have an excellent podcast. And uh, well, let's we might as well end it now. You've had your slice of bread, which means we've we've made you a beautiful sandwich, a beautiful, wonderful, fantastic, delicious, horror-y sandwich. I don't know, I'm I'm really really selling the sandwich for you there. Um so yeah, all the things, join the social medias, download the episode, share it between friends. Um that's all we need to say, isn't it?
1: Yeah, join the social medias and like we said earlier, if you want to come and talk to us, you are more than welcome.
0: Yes, you are more than welcome. Uh yeah. Beautiful. I'll just go because otherwise, I'll just keep chatting. Right. Yeah, let's wrap it. Bye. 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 Bye.